The book of Matthew this morning will be in Matthew chapter number 6, Matthew chapter number 6, and for our message today, I'll read one verse of scripture, and I'll ask you to keep your Bibles open if you would, as we'll refer uh, to a couple of other uh, verses in this same chapter as we move throughout the message, but Matthew chapter number 6, and we're going to read one verse this morning, and that is verse number 24. Matthew chapter number 6, <coughs> verse number 24. And let's uh, read verse 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Before I give the title of the message and have a word of prayer, it's important for us to understand that God is stating some things in this verse of Scripture, as He does throughout the Bible, that are absolute fact. You can't massage it. You can't find a loophole in it. It is the, as I said, the gospel truth. This morning, as we look at this verse of Scripture, I want you to notice, no man can serve two masters. So this morning, I want to ask you a question. Which master? Which master? Master, Father, help us today as we look into your word. And Father, I pray that uh, the message would be a help today. And uh, Father, I pray that you would allow each one of us to maybe be honest with ourselves this morning. And as the Spirit of God works, uh, may if we need a decision we need to make, may we make the decision today. If there's one unsaved, may today be their day of salvation. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter number 6 is a wonderful, wonderful chapter. It's a chapter that I read often. It's a chapter that uh, if, I, if I put my effort into it, I could probably quote most of it, if not all of it, this morning. I've done much study in it, and there's many verses that uh, I re refer to often to help me in my own personal life. Verse number 24 is a very uh, pointed verse, if you will, and makes the statements very clear. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. It's very plain in what the Lord says in verse number 24, and to give us further understanding, I believe it would be helpful this morning for us to define a couple of words so that uh, we can make sure that we're on the same page this morning. The last ver word of that verse, that word mammon. Mammon is referred to as wealth. It can be referred to as the world system. It's the rules of the world. It's the status. It's wealth. Uh, that is what mammon is. And really what the picture is given here is you have a choice between God and the world. God and the world system. God or pursuing the things that give you a place in this world. Uh, so that is the definition of mammon, and I want us to see in the message this morning, we'll uh, continue to ask the question of which master, when it comes to God, and it comes to mammon, or the world, or the things in this world. The word master, we probably could all give a definition, <coughs> excuse me, of what that word means, but let me go ahead and define it for us this morning. It means the supreme authority or the one who has control. 
So what Jesus is teaching here is that no man can have more than one supreme authority. No man can have more than one master, that one who controls things in their life. It's very, very important that we understand this. It's very, very important that we take this with the seriousness that it is given. This statement, no man can serve two masters. In other words, no man can have two supreme authorities. There's but one supreme authority. What are the two masters uh, that are being presented that man must choose between? In this verse of Scripture, it is God in the world. And what Jesus is teaching His disciples and teaching us today is you're either going to serve God or you're going to serve the world. Let me say it like this. Either God is your supreme authority or the world is your supreme authority. Do you have a picture here of a choice? The choice is one or the other, but it can't be both. Eventually, every believer is brought to the point of decision, and the decision when it is made, it is just a matter of time before that, the things play out that reveal that decision. So this morning, as we go through the outline and we go through the message, I want you to be reminded of the question, which master? I cannot answer that question for you. You cannot answer that question for me. Nobody can answer it for you except you. Which master? And I remind you that the Lord uh, requires that you and I make a decision. When it came to our salvation... We, we, were brought to, we were brought to the point of decision. Do you choose Christ or do you reject Christ? Well, many in this world say, well, I choose a different way. Then you're rejecting Christ because Christ is the only way to be reconciled to God. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Friend, if I've got to believe Jesus or the Pope, I'm believing Jesus. If I've got to believe Jesus or another religious man, I'm believing Jesus. If I've got to believe Jesus or your grandmother, I'm believing Jesus. He is the only way to God. As a Christian, as a believer, as one who has chosen, as we've been brought to that point of decision, then it comes to our life, Jesus brings us to another point of decision. Which master? Which one will you choose? God or the world, or this world system. In other words, what is our motivation? Is it to have God be pleased with us, or to have the world be pleased with us? Let me remind you this morning what I believe we all would know to be true. You can't, if you please God, the world is not going to accept that. And you cannot please the world and please God. Because they're on the opposite ends of the spectrum. So the question this morning, which master? And as you ponder that question, I'm going to make four statements this morning that I think will be a help to us. Statement number one, it is impossible to serve God and the world, so stop trying. Let me say that again. It is impossible to serve God 
in the world, so stop trying. Look at your Bible, verse 24, first two words. No man can serve two masters. Let me just help us this morning. If you're wondering if that means you, it means you. If you're wondering if you're the exception, you're not. Jesus said, no man. We as Christians, I'll be very general, but I'll I'll lump us all in there together because it's probably going to apply. We are very good at thinking we are the exception. When Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. According to our Lord, our Creator, our Savior... He has declared that no man can serve two masters. So, friend, stop trying. Many Christians live in frustration. I'm afraid many times they don't even know why they're frustrated. Because they're in conflict between two masters. Can you get much done at work where you are employed if you've got two bosses? One boss wants it done this way. One boss wants it this, done this way. But I wish I knew who was in charge. The wife's in charge. That's the way it always is. But I'm afraid many Christians live in frustration that would be immediately taken out of your life if you remove the conflict that is there because they are trying to please two masters. What are the two masters? There is God and all that God requires of us. You say, what does God require of us? He requires everything. He wants our life. He wants our, he, he wants our dreams. He wants our goals. He wants everything. He wants us to serve Him completely. He wants us to serve that master, that supreme authority. Whatever He says, that's what we do. And friend, as we ponder that question this morning of which master, if, if the Lord uh, requires it of you, is he that supreme authority where you say, yes, sir, right away? Say, well, I've got to give God my opinion. Not if he's the supreme authority. Is he the master or is mammon, this world, this world system? Are we more concerned with pleasing this world then we are a holy and righteous God. I'm afraid many times Christians are more concerned with the number of follows and likes on social media than they are a holy and righteous God. You can't serve them both. So stop trying. If you would listen to me this morning and what the Bible says, many of you could remove the frustration out of your life. Well, I'm just so frustrated and and I feel like I'm supposed to do this and then I get pressure over here to do this. You've got to pick one. Which master? You can't please two different masters. Uh, It's a frustrating way to live that can only be remedied by full surrender. Let me ask you this morning, are you fully surrendered to God? I'm going to make a statement. You might disagree with it, but if you think about it and you're honest, you know it's, it's a true statement. If you're not fully surrendered to God, you're not surrendered at all. Well, wait a minute. There's something. No, no, no. If you're not fully surrendered to God because he says you cannot serve two masters. 
There has to be a supreme authority in your life. Hey, friend, this morning, do we believe the Bible? Do we believe that God has said? It's impossible to serve God in the world. I, I, I would help some of you this morning if you would just listen to what God has said and realize that the frustration in your life is because you're trying to do something that God says is not possible to do. You're trying to do something that is out of your ability to do. We have a tendency as man to seek the approval of others and of this world. It's a reprogramming of our mind. It's a conscious decision in our soul to say the only opinion that matters is God's. He's the supreme authority. Friend, I can't answer this for you. I can only answer it for me. But which master? It's impossible to serve God in the world, so stop trying. That's a frustrating place to be because you're not going to ever be able to do enough for this world to completely please them because you are a child of God. If you're, if you're saved, you're a child of God. And then you'll come on Sunday and I want to do enough to please God over here and you're going to be frustrated because one is always demanding the other. Matter of fact, the Spirit of God, if you're saved this morning, the Spirit of God that lives within you, He's always going to be leading you to give yourself fully and completely to God. He's always going to be working in your life. And there's things that are said out of the Word of God from behind the pulpit as you hear the Word of God preached. And the Spirit of God is going to work in your heart. And He's going to say, this isn't something you need to pay attention to. Here's something that you need to make a decision on. He's always going to lead you to give more of yourself to God. So which master? Just a statement number one, it's impossible to serve God in the world, so stop trying. Number two... Loyalty is to one master. Notice verse 24. For, he will either, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Maybe you say, well, I just don't... If, if, I, if I am with the world, son, that doesn't mean I hate God. Jesus said, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You know why that is? Because loyalty is the one master. Let me illustrate, and I think this illustration will work. When I was a teenager, we had two dogs. We lived on a little piece of property. We had two Doberman Pinchers, Rocky and Duke, legends. These were pets that were brought home for the family, and we enjoyed having these dogs on our property, large, fenced-in lot. They took care of all the possums. Uh, they kept people away. Rocky and Duke. Now, Rocky was about the biggest Doberman Pinscher I've ever seen. He was a massive, massive dog. Duke was your average size, but he looked like a runt compared to Rocky. Now, I was a teenager, 15, 16, maybe 17 years old during that stretch, and and I enjoyed the outdoors, and I enjoyed being outside, and I spent a lot of time with those dogs, but yet there was a sense of loyalty those dogs had to the entire family. If my mom and dad came out and called Rocky and Duke, they would come. If one of my brothers called Rocky or Duke and they felt like it, they would come. 
But without exception, any other member of my family called Rocky or Duke and I called them. They belonged to all of us. They would ignore their calls and they would come to me. I spent more time with them. I'm the one that fed them. They were loyal to all of them, but when it, when it came down to the test of who the greater loyalty was, I was their master. I believe this illustrates the point that God brings every child of His to. You can have some loyalties, but eventually it's going to be decided which master do you answer to? Which master is your loyalty to? Friend, I have a rule that I've established in my life. If this helps you, great. If not, uh, apply it in some other way. But I just established and decided a long time ago, my loyalty is to the one who died on the cross and paid for my sins. Through the years, there's many have come to me and have said, give me your loyalty. This world has said, give me your loyalty, and I promise you this and this and this. My response is always a very simple response. You didn't down the cross and pay for my sins. Therefore, Christ has my loyalty. He deserves everything that I have to offer because of what he's done for me. That is where our loyalty must be. Many make the mistake of trying to be loyal to too, <clears throat> too many, and they don't have the ability. But I tell you that decision, point of decision is going to come. And by the way, how can we say we're loyal to God if we're not loyal to the things of God? I'll say this very candidly, and if you're visiting, if this isn't your normal Sunday morning service, we're not very normal around here. But young people, you should be more loyal to your parents than any friend you have. Be loyal. Christian, you should be more loyal to God's church than you are to this world. Let me tell you the way we don't like to see things, but let me tell you how your pastor sees it. When there's a function of another kind, and you choose to be at that instead of in church, what you're saying is my loyalty is to the other entity before it is to God. Which master? One has to be the supreme authority. And that loyalty is to one master. Ultimately, your loyalty will be revealed. You cannot be loyal to competing ideologies. God is holy. This world, the world system is not holy. We must be loyal to, loyal to one or the other. Ultimately, your loyalty will be revealed. I call this taking that next step into a higher living in your Christian life. I'm not saying every other thing that takes place in this world is evil, is bad. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is if it comes down to it and I have to choose God or I have to choose something else, I must choose God every time. 
I must choose his word. I must choose his institution. I must choose his people. By the way, I'm more loyal to God's people than I am to this world. We must have our loyalty in the right place. This will help you remove the frustration of your life. It'll help you grow in your Christian life. It'll help you be more like your Savior if we will decide. It was God who said to be a friend with the world is to be an enmity with Him. This pastor did not say that. I just repeated what God has said. Let me, let me, let me illustrate again. Maybe this will help you. I've had the privilege to go to many other countries. I've, I've preached in Costa Rica. I like Costa Rica. I'll go there again. So if you want to send me on a vacation, I'll go there again. I've preached in Honduras. I like Honduras. Fine. It's beautiful, beautiful country. I've preached in Nicaragua. I like Nicaragua. I've had the privilege to go to Colombia, South America. I love going to Colombia. I've had the privilege to, to preach in Mexico. I like their food. It's great. I like all those places. But if you're going to make me choose between the United States of America and Costa Rica, there's no choice. If you're going to make me choose between Nicaragua in the United States of America, I don't have to think about that. If you're going to make me choose between the United States of America and Colombia, South America, I don't have to think about that for half a second. Why? Because my loyalty is to my homeland. My loyalty is to the United States of America. You know how it ought to be in the life of a Christian? You're going to make me choose. Between God as my master and something in this world, no decision. It's made. Because my loyalty is to one master. Number three, let me say something that is going to be obvious and true, but I want to say it as part of the message this morning. You can have faith in God. You can trust him as your master. It's amazing to me. I don't understand this as Christians. There was a time when we realized our sin condition and we trust Christ as our Savior. We trust his payment for all of our sins. But yet we won't trust him to provide our daily bread. We won't trust him to provide the things that we need in our life. Well, you can have faith in God. Follow with me if your Bible is still open in verses 25 through verses 32. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body. What ye shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, and they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. 
Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. God's ability to provide for you is unquestioned. God is more capable of taking care of you than you are taking care of you. Whenever life brings us to a conflict of who is my master? See, Pastor, I I understand what you're saying, and I understand that we have to choose between God and the world, but we do have to provide for ourselves. We do have to provide for our family. I agree with all of that. I, I agree that you have to Provide for yourself and provide for those that God has placed in your care. But it does not mean you have to choose this world as your supreme authority over God. You know, it's to be admired. There have been some who've come and said, Pastor, I, I, just, I, have, I have to resign my job because it's becoming too much of a conflict with my church attendance. What is that individual saying? When it comes down to it, the things of God are more important than this world. But don't they have to provide for themselves? You don't think God can provide you a job? You don't think God can take care of you? When we have to make decisions, we come to that conflict of who is our supreme authority. And when there is that conflict, we've got to decide who is it that we are going to listen to? Who is our authority? And let me just remind us all this morning, as you make decisions in your own personal life, I want to take that next step. I want God to be my complete master. I want him to rule everything in my life. I'm surrendered completely to him. Let me tell you this morning, well, however that falls out in your life, God will take care of you. God will take care of your family. I'll use a simple illustration. And as a Baptist preacher, this will not surprise you. You come to that point in your life and you say, well, they take an offering every service. I've been around long enough. He mentions tithes, offerings, missions, building projects. God's people are supposed to contribute to God's work. So, well, I just don't think that we we just don't have that in in our budget. Well, if God says to do it and God says he'll provide, you know what you ought to do? You ought to do it. How in the world am I supposed to live on 90%? Well, it's not when you consider the offerings and missions. That's a whole other story. All of it's God's. All of it's his. You mean God? How dare these politicians say that global warming is going to destroy this world when God's book says, well, the sea lines are going to flood. Every time you see that rainbow, that's God's promise of saying the world will never flood again. Is there everybody can have an SUV and the world's not flooding? Because I believe God. We'll believe that and we'll get on our soapbox and we'll, we'll, we'll say all those things, but then it comes down to it. God can't provide for me. God can't provide for me. God will provide for you. 
but you have to let make him. You know, you know what faith is? It is putting yourself, putting yourself and putting God to it where only God can come through in that situation. He says, you won't depend on me? Where's your faith? Oh, no, no. Faith is when somebody else needs to depend on God. But let me remind you this morning that you can have faith in God. Many times, not every time, but many times we rely on the world to provide instead of God because of a lack of faith. Now, sometimes we're just carnal, and that's why we go to the world. But I believe I'm speaking to people this morning that you do love God. You understand there's a decision to be made. But oftentimes, the reason why we don't make God our complete master is because we don't have the faith to do that. And I'm here just to remind you that you can have faith in God. Pastor, if you'll tell me exactly how it'll work out, all I can tell you is God will work it out. I can't tell you exactly how. That's where faith comes in. You can have faith with God. Now it brings us to number four, and this is my final point this morning. I want to remind you the question that I posed to you at the beginning, which master? We either make God our supreme authority or this world and this world system. You know who should decide the words that come out of your mouth? It's going to be God or the world. The places you go, the activities we participate in, either God's determining that through his word or the world is. That's just the reality of it. So which master are we going to have? Eventually, as a child of God, our loyalty is going to be revealed. Which master is our loyalty to? But you say, Pastor, I understand what you're saying, and I believe and I want to make him my supreme authority. Let me help you get all the way in this morning. Look with me at verse number 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Would everybody in here agree with me that it's a good thing to seek the kingdom of God? I think we'd be unanimous on that. The problem comes with that little word first. We as God's people, we believe in seeking the kingdom of God. We just don't always make it first. Pastor, if I gave some missionaries to go to the mission field and preach the gospel to people who've never heard it, then there's something I would have to cut out of my life. Oh, I thought we believed in the kingdom of God. It's first. It's first. The kingdom of God, first. We must put His kingdom first. How do we do that? The way to give clarity is in verse 19 and 20. Lay that up for yourselves, treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Our lives, our actions, our stewardship, 
The priority ought to be there's the kingdom of God, there's that which is in heaven. I'm going to lay up treasures over there. I'm not saying by any means this morning that you don't provide for yourself, you don't plan. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, first we ought to think about the kingdom of God. Hey, put some money in a retirement account, but first we ought to invest in the kingdom of God. Hey, I'm all for taking the family and going on a vacation and doing all these things, but on our daily basis are we first thinking about the kingdom of God. We must prioritize the kingdom of God. Notice what verse 33 says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And his righteousness. That's making him the supreme authority. I've taught this before, and I'll mention it again. If we'll just have this side of the platform represent the world and that side of the platform represent God. The more you exist over here, the more you look like, act like, think like the world. Which means you are less like God. We make a decision that we're going to just do the best that we can to please God with everything we do. We look less like we don't fit in as well. And quite frankly, there's too many Christians that are comfortable fitting into a godless world. Then they wonder why they're frustrated in their Christian life. It's because you can't, you can't serve two masters. If I'm going to feel comfortable in his presence, if I'm going to spend time with him and feel comfortable and become more like him. You never get to a place where you're just comfortable in the presence of God, but you understand in the context this morning that he's working in your life and you, you've removed some things from your life and he's giving you victory in your life and you can say, I'm more like my Savior today than I was yesterday. The less comfortable you're going to be with mammon. The opposite is true. Pastor, I... I'm just not comfortable at church anymore. Has God changed? Has the Bible changed? The church hasn't changed. What has changed? Well, you've changed masters. You don't want to disappoint this world you don't want to stick out in this world. You don't want to go against this world by making God your master. So, well, well, he's still my master. You can only have one. So what should we do? We have to prioritize the kingdom of God. Seek ye first. Well, I've got to have all these things in my life. This promise in verse number 33 very simply, he says, if you seek me first, what's that verse say? 
all these things shall be added. Well, I just don't know why God seems to give them everything. Maybe because he's their master. And he gives. Well, I've got to go out here and I've got to find a spouse. I've got to find this. No, you've got to seek God first and he'll give you. He'll give you. Be careful, you might find the wrong one. It's better to have God give you your family. God give you your job and career. God give you the opportunity. You say, well, you're saying those things are bad. And no, I'm not. I'm just saying it's better to have God give them to you. Because he's the supreme authority in your life. You cannot serve God and mammon. All these things shall be added. God will keep a roof over your head. God will provide the raiment you need. He'll provide everything you have. Christian, are you satisfied with what God gives you? You have one master. You can't have both. It's one or the other. I conclude reminding us of this as salvation we choose Christ's sacrifice, his payment for our sins. We choose to put our faith and trust in what Christ did for our salvation. Our service is when we choose God as our master. I can think back to when I was a child and I heard the story of Christ being crucified. And I heard and his blood was shed, and I heard how he took upon him the sins of the world, including my sins. Because I was a sinner, you say, children know this? Oh, yeah, I knew that. Everybody kept telling me I was a sinner, so I knew I was a sinner. I, I, I knew and to hear that because I was a sinner... That means I'd have to pay for my sins in hell. You'd say, well, that seemed harsh. It seemed very logical from, to me as a child. There's a punishment for sin. But if I just put my faith and trust in Christ, I chose salvation. I chose Christ's payment as opposed to me paying my own sin debt. And friend, if you haven't done that this morning, let me encourage you, you need to do that before the service concludes today. Somebody open the Bible and show you what God says about salvation. But there have, beyond me choosing salvation, there came a point in my life when I had to decide what am I going to use my life for? My service. Am I going to serve God? Or am I going to serve mammon? So, oh, pastor, if God didn't want me to do all of these things, he wouldn't have given me the ability and in, in, in the mind and the opportunity to do it. Or he might have given it to you, and that's your sacrifice to give to him. What comes down to is if there's a conflict 
with what God requires, we should choose God every single time. Now, here's a principle, and here's a question God is asking. It may apply a little bit differently to everybody in here because we're all different, and we, have, we come from different backgrounds. We have different opportunities. But the, the, the principle is the truth. You can't serve both. One has to have that supreme authority in your life. I used the illustration just a moment ago of how I've had the privilege to go to different countries and and if I have to choose between America or one of those countries, I'm choosing America. Whenever you go and you come back and you're coming through customs, you give them that passport. If you've traveled internationally, you know what I'm talking about. You go to these other countries and you... Give them that passport and they just look at you. And all the places I reference, they're all speaking Spanish. Then you wonder, okay, how much of a hassle are they going to give the tall gringo? And they just stare at you and stare at you and stare at you and then finally let you through. It's like, I made it. Then when you're coming back and you... See that customs agent and you hand on that passport and you're back on the under the sovereignty of the United States of America and you hear that passport agent, that that agent hand you back your passport and they say, Welcome home, Mr. Neal. I promise every time I hear that, I, I promise myself I promise I'm never leaving America again. my home. I'd rather live under the sovereignty of this nation. Say, well, it's got a lot of problems. Yeah, it does, but I'd rather live under the sovereignty of this nation. A, probably a poor illustration as we're presented with two choices. Which master? One's going to have the supreme authority. Which one are you going to serve? You know what it requires for you to choose God as your supreme authority? Your surrender to whatever God would have. Your surrender to His commands in this book. Your surrender to His will for your life. What it means is you seek His kingdom first. There are things in this world that we like. There are hobbies that we participate in, and there's nothing sinful in them. But I'm just trying to help you this morning. If there's a conflict, which one are you choosing first? Which one are you choosing first? It ought to be His kingdom first. Which master? I know which one we should choose, but it takes surrender on our part to choose Christ. If you're going to choose him as your master, it means you're going to have to break free of your other master. You have to forsake some things. You've got to make some changes in your life. 
It's more than you say, hey, it's something that I'm declaring. No, there's got to be follow-up to it. There's got to be sometimes tough decisions that are made. But I want to please God with my life. I want Him to know, yes, I, I'm grateful for my salvation. And I want Him to know that He is my supreme authority. May we all have a heart that has surrendered. I'm praying this morning that a Christian removes some frustration out of their life by trying to serve two masters and just decides whatever God wants from me. Whatever, whatever His Word instructs me, that's what I'm going to do. Eventually, your loyalty. This is why your pastor sometimes applies pressure in certain places because I understand this principle very, very well. You can only serve one. And how many of you are saved this morning? Let me see your hand. It means you have the Spirit of God that dwells within you. And the Spirit of God is going to bring you to a point of decision to make you decide. Which? Master, Pastor, you're going, to, you're going to scare them away. You're going to push them away. Eventually, the loyalty to whichever they are is going to win out. So this morning, I challenge us all, search our hearts. First of all, know that you're saved. And then surrender. The best of your knowledge this morning, you may say, Pastor, I, I believe that he is my supreme authority. It'd do us all good to rededicate and say, Lord, whatever you bring in my life, I want you to know that I choose you. I choose your word. I want to be as close to you as I possibly can. Seek his kingdom first. Father, I pray that you'll use the message this morning. May 